Welcome to Confessions from a Dental Lab. This show is all about bringing you into the lab, beneath the surface, so you can see things, hear things, and understand things right from the source. Learn from longtime ceramists, dentists, and lab techs, both young and old. Without further ado, let's begin. Dr. Coriel, welcome to the show. How are you doing? Good. How are you? Thank you so much for having me. Yes, I'm doing great. We're really excited to have you on. Uh, For those that are tuning in, this is Confessions from a Dental Lab, the podcast where we take you beneath the surface so we together we can go right to the source and learn things, hear things, and all together get a little bit better with these episodes. My name is KJ Eichstead. I'm the brand manager at New Art Dental Lab. I'll be your host. And we're here with uh, Dr. Juliana Coriel today. So very excited. Uh, Dr. Coriel, where are you calling from? I am calling from sunny Florida. Nice, nice. We're in Wisconsin, so the frozen tundra, but we get great <laughs> yeah, summers. <laughs> it's cold right now. Yeah, it's actually funny. We had a little bit of a heat wave. So, um, but yeah, like I said, um, it's really cool to have dentists from all over the country on here. I know, you know, we've had a few from Dr. Uh, from Florida. And I think Dr. Barrett originally connected us. Um, but it's just cool to get those alternate perspectives from different markets. So first, Absolutely. yeah, first question, Dr. Coriel. Could you introduce yourself? Like, who is Dr. Coriel, who you are, and what you do? So I am a general dentist, but my real passion is giving the people the confidence to smile. That's my real passion. Um, Let's see. I started out uh, as a sterilizing technician when I was in high school. And I used to shadow and also um, work with the the general dentist there she was a female dentist and she was amazing or she is amazing and um and she would let me you know go in shadow her and also watch her while she did her procedures and that's when I knew that this is what I wanted to do um so then after I graduated college um I w- got my master's in dietetics and nutrition and then I went to the University of Florida for dental school and when I graduated dental school, I um, I worked in a private practice for about six months. I opened up two locations for uh, those doctors there. And then I wasn't really, it wasn't like a good fit for me. I didn't really like the area that I was in. Um, so then I moved to Orlando and I have been working for a large group practice there. Um, and I opened up one of their locations um, in Kissimmee. And I've been there about 13 years now. That's amazing. Um, you know, yeah. it's crazy because you 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 took us a little bit through your dental journey. And I always like to ask, like, how long you've been practicing dentistry? Did you always know you wanted to be a dentist when you grew up? And uh, you, you touched on a, on those. But if you if you would like to expand on your dental journey at all, feel free to do that. But maybe a follow-up question I think would be uh, very practical for dentists listening is just, um, you know, what is it like opening up a practice, right? And you mentioned in the beginning that it wasn't a great fit in the beginning. And a dentist I was talking to recently was just kind of giving some advice to the younger dentist listening, saying like, hey, your first position might not be, you know, the long one, right? And um yeah, could you maybe just touch on on that? Like, if you want to expand on your journey, talk about uh, you know how you went from like not a great fit to a great or to like a fit that you know you've really kind of blossomed in, and then maybe a little bit on uh, opening up some of the practices. You know, hindsight is twenty twenty, and I think that as a new grad, you're really 
really hard on yourself. Um, you're really hard on yourself because you've just spent four years getting into, getting into a lot of debt um, and you're quick to, number one, get out of the hole, right, economically speaking. And then also um, you have this immense pressure to be to be equipped uh, skill level wise um, and to be able to compete with a dentist down the road who's like 30 years into the profession, right? So it's really, you have a lot of pressure coming out of school. And I think that um, for me, coming out of school, my number one thing was I got to get good. I got to get good and I got to get fast and I didn't do a GPR and I didn't do an AEGD. And I, um, it, there's a time and a place for those, uh, avenues that you want case. I wanted to be able to work. And when I got out of school, I had this opportunity to open up these offices for them. Um, and I think that at the time Either I wasn't really aware of or I wasn't really aware of what I was getting myself into. <laughs> I thought that I was going to work with them for a little bit and then I would gradually open up an office. There wasn't that clear understanding of what exactly I was going to be doing. I was just so excited for the opportunity of getting hired and I had the possibility of partnership down the line that I just – I just jumped on that, uh, option and I, and I started with them, but I really feel like that was the best thing that could have happened to me. I was, I was able to open up those two offices for them. And I got so confident in my, and in what I was doing and how to treatment plan. And I got into study clubs around the area and I was constantly talking to specialists, you know, whether it's a periodontist, a prosthodontist, what I can do. I was really trying to plug in and network with anybody who was willing to kind of mentor me at that moment. And I think that was the best thing that could have happened to me. I really got to see how things are uh, with specialists and, and everything um, and how to treatment plan and, and kind of get my uh, confidence up. And as a starting practice, it was slow enough that I was able to really hone in on those skills. So it wasn't a good fit for a variety of reasons, um, but I think it was a great experience um, looking back on it. Back then, I didn't think it was a great experience, but looking yeah. back at it now, I am so thankful for that opportunity for doing that. Yeah, no, I mean, how many times does that happen in life? I know for myself, it's happened a few times where like your toughest turmoils lead to the best things afterwards. And, oh, yeah. Uh, and, you know, I was so discouraged. I was so depressed. I'm like, oh, this didn't work out. Like, maybe I'm not fit to be a dentist. Maybe I'm not good enough. And um, And it's not that. It's just, I think that I wanted to, I wanted to be able to be in one location. I didn't want to have to travel so much. Um, and then also the area that I was in, I didn't have any family around me. So I didn't have my support system there. Um, so I think, like I said, for a variety of reasons, it didn't work out the way it was, but it was a great experience nonetheless. Um, and then when I went into the group practice now in Kissimmee, and I've been there for 13 years and I opened up a practice for them. Um, it just, 
it was great. I was already used to opening up a practice. It was going to be slow, but the group practice gave me that mentorship that I needed. I needed someone to sit with me, watch how I held my burr, you know, stuff that you really, you don't get anywhere else. You don't have that kind of mentorship, but this group practice was able to give that to me. Yeah. To the group practice that, again, I never, I never skipped a beat in terms of having that communication open with the specialty and learning what is it that's going to make their job easier? What are they expecting from me? And what am I expecting from them? So that was really, that's been an amazing um, experience as well. Yeah, no, thanks for expanding on that. Uh, that. That's really relatable, I think, to a lot of people out there. Next question, and you certainly touched on, I would say, like a unique differentiator, but you can take this any direction you'd like. What's one X factor that separates you from other dentists? You know, I've been really thinking about that. I think that number one, I really care about my patients. I really sit down and I really, I really care about them. I care about making sure that the quality is good and that there's a good balance between quality and speed set. And, um, and I really, I really feel that one of my X factors is being able to balance that out into not going so fast that my quality is being compromised. I think that that has been a skill that I've been able to hone in on. And I think that, um, that's an, that's a, that's an it thing for me. And then the other thing that sets me apart, I feel like is also the fact that I really care about occlusion. (laughs) I know that (laughs) occlusion is such a boring concept and everything in school. And I just remember in school, hating occlusion and hating pros. And I'm like, oh, this is boring, right? Like (laughs) you want to be in there in the action and do, you know, extractions. And when you're in in dental school, you're just excited to do anything, but it was boring. But when I came out of school and started seeing what fails and what doesn't fail and why things are failing, um, you quickly realize you need to know your occlusion. And that's really important. And I think that being able to take the time and understanding how the occlusion needs to work on a particular patient is important. And I think that's also sets me apart because I feel um, that not a people, not a lot of dentists will pay as much attention to the occlusion as needed for the longevity of the case is what I mean. Yeah. I mean, that's a really good point. I think, uh, you know, it doesn't come up as much as it probably should. And, uh, you know, you, you kind of interluded to this as well, but my next question is, What's one thing your patients have taught you over the years? And you can take this any direction you'd like. I think my patients have taught me that I'm not as good as I should be and how I can't stop learning. Right around the five-year mark, I started getting a lot of confidence in my abilities and who I am as a dentist and my treatment planning skills and delivering. But I feel that that was a false sense of security. I think that um, I was able to see after five years that no, the growth doesn't stop there. That's when the growth really begins because now you're comfortable in, in who you are, but you start seeing a lot of your mistakes after after a while that you've been practicing at the same office. Like I said, I've been at that office for 12 years. So 
I can really see my cases, whether they survive or whether they're failing, you know, and, um, and I think that that's what your patients tell you, whether you're good or you're not good enough and how you still need to grow. And I also think that my patients have taught me that I got to listen to them. So what's good for me might not necessarily be good for my patient in terms of cosmetics. I love to do makeover smiles. I love to give people smiles, right? But um, what looks good for me, my patients may not like. And I think that it's so important to listen to them, um, to even on denture teeth, like I've had so many patients that just want their front teeth to look a little bit crooked and not to look straight, but that doesn't look good to me, but it's what the patient likes. You know what I mean? And so it's so important to just be able to listen to them. You know, um, whether I wanted to open up the vertical and then the patient doesn't tolerate it well, I have to listen to that. I have to go slowly. I have to listen. And, and it's so important to just take that time and to step back from the case and, um, and for a case to really be acceptable and accepted, um, the patient has to like it, but it, it also has to be from a functional technical aspect successful as well. It's a good point. Uh, I, I'm really enjoying this because a lot of these things are, yeah, they're, they're conversations that don't really come up, uh, as often as you would think, like the one where the, uh, the blend between technical and also, um, you know, accepting the case and all that. And, and just like even almost preferring something not to look like perfect, 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 but a little more natural. Um, that is, that is interesting. Sometimes people might have a varying opinion on that. Next question is, uh, how important is it to work with a good dental lab and why is that so important for dentists? I think it's so important because of the communication aspect of it. I think that over the years, I've worked with a couple of different labs and the best lab to me has been the one that I can call up and speak directly to the technician that I've worked with for the past 10 years. He knows my work. He knows what I want. But more importantly, he also helps gauge what's realistic and what's not realistic. So I might be able to design a smile, but realistically, what are we looking at? I mean, is, is opening the vertical going to be one millimeter, two millimeter? You know, I think from a technical aspect, it's so important to know what your boundaries are as a clinician and also needing that help from that technician um, so that you can work as a team because I think sometimes dentists can be super arrogant and thinking, oh, but you know, I put that margin there. You should be able to close that margin or whatever the case may be. Right. But that's just not the way it works. Right. The the technicians need stuff from you too. And being able to communicate that and not having egos uh, be a roadblocker. That's so important. You know, I call my technician and I want him to be honest. I want him to tell me what he thinks. I want to, I want him to tell me, um, you know, his opinion. Do I need more clearance? What do I need to do? Um, and those are honest conversations and and you, you can't have ego involved. So working with a good lab who, uh, you have good communication with is really important. Yeah. That's like wisdom right there. And, And we always say, uh, great dentist plus great lab is equals winning team just because yeah, it, for sure. 
the best um, labs, I think, are like the ultimate teammates and, and even extensions of the dentist. And uh, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm not a ceramist. You know what I mean? I'm not behind, uh, you know, looking at the, the 3D models and all that stuff. And you guys are bringing that different perspective uh, to my work that I also have to be able to understand. And, and yeah, you, you have to, you have to, you have to be able to not have that ego uh, there because you know what, when you don't have that ego there, you're able to learn from every single person who's around you, whether it's the patient, whether it's the technician, whether it's the front staff, you need to be able to, to listen to everybody so that you can become better as a dentist, period. Um, and when you have too much ego, you, you don't. You don't. You're only listening to yourself. Very, very simple. I mean, I love how you just simplified that. Uh, bonus question. What do you think the future of dentistry looks like 10 years from now? I mean, I feel like in 10 years, everything is very electronic. Um, you know, yeah, I think everything is very digital, very electronic. And, and it's it's hard for us old ones, huh? How are we going to keep up? I got to keep taking classes nonstop. Um, Even even being able to download apps. It's like this new smile design app that that I got um, from the scanner that we're using in our office. I have to listen to tutorials and all of that because, you know, digital and and everything um, is just is just uh, a demand. Right. Um, Because I feel like with everything digital, I think the impression is less room for error when it's digital. And I think that's great. Right. You want as precise as it can be. Um, But with that, there's a huge learning curve. Even learning how to scan um, for me, as opposed to taking PVS impressions, there's there's a learning curve on how to use all of that stuff and how to mill your own crowns in office. I think you're going to, I think the future is going to show that that's going to become more dominant as well. Um, but yeah, that's what, yeah. that's what I think. Yeah, no, great, uh, great answers. It's always fun to just hear what people's um, vision is. I, I agree with you. I think the rate of change is going to keep, keep accelerating. And uh, sometimes it is hard because, you know, it just changes so fast. But, um, you know, you're, like you, like you kind of uh, balanced with it. It is a demand. So it's important for dentists and even the lab side of thing, right? Like we're going through this transition from analog to digital. Um, we right. can certainly accommodate both, but it's like, you know, people demand it to, of the dentist and then the dentist demanded of the labs. And we just got to, you know, essentially get the job done. Um, I know you have to run here in a sec, but do you have any quick advice you'd give to dentists to maximize success in 2024 and beyond? And do you have any goals for the future you'd like to share? Any advice is to be loving to yourself. I think that um, as a new, I mean, all dentists are type A, right? Um, And everything has to be perfect. And when cases don't succeed or you break a file or whatever the case may be, I know that I would lose sleep over anything and I was just so hard on myself. So love yourself, accept uh Accept the growing pains that come um, from you learning and 
no mistake is a bad mistake. Everything is a learning experience. And so give yourself some grace in that. And also don't stop learning. Don't ever think you're good enough. Um, so being humble and knowing that you have to grow with the times and, um, and learn and know that you can learn from everyone. And my goals, my goals for my future are to, I think, to get better at what I'm doing. I, I, I really, I've loved the whole photography, smile design, the way it's done now, um, with the pictures, um, with, you know, the different apps that you can do. Um, and so just really getting good at that, at the whole aesthetics. And recently I've taken a Botox and Dermaphil, uh, course. And I just love the way all of that complements with the smile and giving people confidence. And I think that that's the reason why I came into this profession was to help people. And, um, and I think that that helps people give them confidence in who they are. So I want to continue doing that. I want to continue to help people in their lives in that aspect. And, um, yeah. Wow. Thanks so much. I know in the beginning, you know, you mentioned that as well. And, uh, we always like to say one smile can change the world because it, it really can, you know, it can, it can impact so much. And uh, so, so we really believe in, in what you're doing and, and we kind of share that same philosophy. So it's been a great conversation with Dr. Coriel. Dr. Coriel, do you have any final thoughts? No, I think that this has been a lot of fun for me. This is uh, I was very nervous, but I'm, I'm so happy that you guys gave me the opportunity to do this. And um, I think it's been awesome. Thank you guys. You're very welcome. Uh, we just had a great conversation with Dr. Coriel, and this has been another amazing episode of Confessions from a Dental Lab. Easiest way to help the show is just text it to a friend. If you text this show to one or two people, we can all get a little bit better, and that's the goal. So let's keep changing the world one smile at a time. My name is KJ Eichstead, and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, everybody. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of Confessions from a Dental Lab. If you'd like to contact the show, simply send us an email at dentallabpodcast at gmail.com. You can also get in touch with us at life at newartdental on Instagram. Thank you for listening once again. We're on Apple Podcasts. We're on Spotify. Make sure to subscribe and tell a friend. And until next time, we're out.